Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Star Sidio as usual, and today we're going to be doing some TOEFL ITP reading. It's been a long time since I've done one of these, and I can't remember the last one I did, but there was like 500, you know, plays on my Apple store from all parts of Indonesia, Brazil, Mexico. So I said, man, I'm going to post another one of these bad boys for you guys so we can go through it. Now, for those of you that do not know, I actually work for this testing center. In this testing center, I love taking tests. I love to stay up to date. So some of these different question types that you see in the books are no longer dated. They're out of date, okay? So I'm going to show you a couple of them. But at the same time, you have to apply different skills to different tests in present day. The things that you see in books, this is why books that were made, created back in 2000, 2010, 2015, some of them, they need to be referred, they, they need to be redone. And if they're not, it's no longer relevant. I don't want you to show up to a TOEFL ITP test and then you are completely shocked by what you are see by what you would be seeing on the test based on what you've been studying for. All right. So again, I love staying up to date on this stuff. This is why I love taking tests. I'm going to be doing an M and an N series. If you guys are aware of that for you test takers out there. And I'm guessing it's going to be far more difficult. So I'll be giving you guys some good rundowns in terms of what question types to see or what you should prepare for. Because as of right now, there are a lot of detailed questions. All of the following except, uh, not mention, uh, lots of vocabulary questions. To be honest with you, the last test I had taken, dude, there were about five vocabulary. I was like, no one in the world would ever say that in present day in any conversation. Why would you even put that on the test? So then you have to try to make out what it means uh, by looking at the sentence that it's in. So in saying that, guys, this is a nice rundown. I'm going to be screen sharing a, with a you right now. And from there, we're going to be diving in to the Pill Family Museum. So for those of you who want to see this, all right, just go to my, uh, my website. You guys see it right here, thearseniobuckshow.com. For those of you on my ESL podcast, thearseniobuckshow.com. For those of you who want to watch me on Instagram also, I don't know why I put YouTube and Facebook only. I should have put uh, Instagram there too, because this is where the videos are going to be on, okay? So if you're watching me on YouTube, make sure you follow my Facebook page. If you're following my Facebook page and you want to see me on YouTube, by all means. I should have put Spotify there too, but that did not cross my mind, but it will on the next one. So, <sighs> And saying that, guys, you do not read, okay? Do not waste time and do not read. This is a nice a four, I believe it's a four-paragraph four setup, all right? Uh, again, with this, I can't put, uh, what is it, in line 11 and line 12 because I had to write it out. And obviously, when you write it out, the lines in line 11 will probably be in line 9. So we're just going to go through the passage and I'll find those words for you. So, first things first, guys. Do you see? Do you see this particular question? What is the main topic of the passage? Now, this is the most difficult. Okay? The most difficult. Why? Because for you to understand what the main 
topic of the passage is, you're going to have to sit there and read it for the next two minutes. And honestly, that's going to take far too long. So what I like to tell my students to do, go into the specific details, and then you could come back to this later. All right. So what we do is, or what we can do, is look at question number two. So this one's a little tricky, all right, because it says here, the author probably mentions that Washington, as in George Washington, tipped his hat to the figures in the painting to indicate that you have A, Charles, Wilson's, uh, Charles Wilson Peel's painting was very lifelike. Washington respected Charles Wilson Peel's work. I hate these S's. C, Washington was friendly with Raphael and Titian Peel. And D, the painting of the two brothers well, the painting of the brothers of the two brothers was extremely large. So again, you might be able to pick up two of those bad answers. But if we look here, it's right down here. We got to look at the sentence. Okay. So for those of you who are listening, no problem. I'll recite this sentence out loud for you. His life-size portrait of his sons, Raphael and Titian, well, Raphael and Titian, not Titians, was so realistic that George Washington reportedly tipped his hat to the figures in the picture. So the key word here, we're looking for an adjective in this sentence. I'll repeat that one more time. His life-size portrait of his sons, Raphael and Titian, was so realistic that jo I actually put Georgia Washington. Oh my God, I must have been way asleep. Sorry guys, lots of typos in here. Who gives a damn? Let's keep going. George Washington reportedly tipped his hat to the figures in the picture. The key word here, is we're looking for so plus an adjective. So realistic. Now, what you have to do is go down to the answers again and look at A, B, C, and D. First and foremost, let's get out some of those bad answers. D, the painting of the two brothers was extremely large. Is there anything indicating, oh my God, it was so large that he tipped his hat. Negatory, get it out of here. Washington, C, was friendly with Raphael and Titian. Is that what it said? Did it say anything like that in the sentence? Negatory. Get it out of here. C. What now? B and, uh, I'm sorry. B and C are very, very close. B says Washington respected Charles Wilson Peel's work. And A, Charles Wilson Peel's Painting was very lifelike. I'm really sick of trying to say this damn name. Charles Wilson Peel's. Okay, I got it. Charles Wilson Peel's painting was very lifelike. So, again, so plus the adjective. And so plus the adjective would be realistic. And that equates and relates to what other adjective within A and B? Respect or lifelike. Now, a lot of you would be like, well, Arsenio, well, you know, in American culture back in the 1600s, I don't give a damn about the 1600s. Again, yes, I do understand that, you know, back in the, in the World War II days that, you know, a guy would, you know, make that smirk and tip his hat. That's kind of a way of showing respect, but not in this context, because so plus the adjective, which is realistic, that equates to lifelike. That's the answer. So again, some of these can be very tricky, very close, but you should be able to break it down by looking at some of those good old answers or some of the adjectives or some of the words within the answers. 
All right, so that's your number two. Now, number three is a vocabulary question. If you guys are good at vocabulary, this should be no problem. The word settings is closest in meaning to which of the following. So settings, we're going to have to come up. And here it is right here. So in the sentence, it says, the world's first popular museum of art and natural science featured paintings by Peel and his family, as well as displays of animals in their natural settings. Animals in their natural settings. Animals in their natural settings. A, environments. B, categories. C, positions. D, requirements. So, you got two bad answers, and you have to pick out the good one. So, for those of you out there, I'm not going to tell you the answer. I would like you to answer the Oh, I'm sorry. I would like you to answer the question. Number three, what is your answer? Either on YouTube, on Facebook, on IG, or wherever else you're watching this. I would like to know what your answer is. Post in the comment section. Let's keep it going, people. For which of the following terms does the author give a definition in the paragraph? Here we go, guys. In the second paragraph. You don't have to look at the first paragraph, the third paragraph, the fourth paragraph. It's right there in the second paragraph. Okay, don't get too, don't start freaking out and looking all over the place. He said the second paragraph. And normally, if you guys have been listening to my ESL podcast back in season four, I said there is a particular way that you can write definitions in your writing without giving a proper Webster slash Oxford type of definition in terms of the structure. One of them in the four were hyphens. So if we go up, let's look at this. And for those of you listening, do not worry. But before I even go on with that, we have A, natural science, B, skeleton, C, taxidermy, and D, mastodon. So let's go up. Keep those words in mind, my folks out there, my friendly folks out there. In the second paragraph, it says, Charles Wilson Peel, I hate that name, gave up painting in the middle age. Who cares? Let's go to the next one. The world's first popular museum of art and natural science featured paintings, Peel and his family, as well as displays of animals in their natural settings, as I just said before. Now, do you hear any definitions? Let's keep going. Pill found the animals himself and devised a method of taxidermy to make the exhibits more lifelike. Okay, do you hear a definition with taxidermy? Let's keep going. The museum's most popular display was the skeleton of a mastodon. Now, we got two of the answers right there. Two different answers. We've got skeleton and mastodon. But I see hyphens. The hyphen. A huge, comma, extinct elephant. Hyphen. Which Peel unearthed on a New York farm in 1801. So, I, again, will elect and I will defer this over to you guys. Now, we know that it's not Natural science, we know that it's not taxidermy. It comes down to skeleton and mastodon. Now, I gave you the hyphen. I emphasize what it described, a huge extinct elephant. For those of you native English speakers out there, you guys got it, no problem. For those of you in the South Americas, in the Middle East, in the different parts of Europe, and different parts of Africa, you got it. However, my Southeast Asians, who knows? So, I am going to be waiting for your answers. Again, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Is it B, Skeleton, or D, Mastodon? Spotify, 
go over to my Instagram and stop playing with my feelings. Now let's keep going. Number five. Oh, I love it. Typos galore. Which of the following questions about the Peel Museum does the passage not supply enough information to answer? This could get you thrown off just a little bit. I understand that, okay? But I think what we can do, I sounded very country right there. What we can do is find out exactly where it is, okay? Where all of this is. So who found it and prepared its animal exhibits, okay? So who found it and prepared its animal exhibits? I'm sorry, not exhibits, but exhibits, Let's go back down and look at in what city was it located? Now, this is critical because what I found is, okay, second paragraph, it's the same. It says it was founded in Philadelphia. Now, remember, what does it not mention? Not mention. Not what does it mention, okay? I know a lot of my Thai folks out there, you would just get thrown off like crazy. Be like, oh my God, uh, okay, yeah, this one, uh, A or B. No, 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 not mention, okay? So, founded in Philadelphia. It mentions where it was founded, okay? So, check mark it. Also, who was it that founded the museum, okay? It was, of course, Mr. Charles Wilson Peel himself. He, de he devoted his life to the Peel Museum, which he founded in Philadelphia. So now we tick two of the question or the two of the answers off. So what we have now is C, where did the most popular exhibit come from? And D, and what year was it founded? Well, if you scan over that second paragraph, we see a year. Okay, and it comes down to that last paragraph yet again. The museum's most popular display was the skeleton of a mastodon, a huge extinct elephant which Peel unearthed on a New York farm in 1801. Okay, now, where did its most popular exhibit come from? Well, it was the mastodon. And Mr. Peel, he unearthed it in 1801. That's not what year it was founded. It was the year that it was unearthed by Mr. Peel. So C is there, D is not there. They did not specify in what year it was founded. Okay, the 1801 refers to the Mr. Dead Animal himself, the Mastodon, all right? And let's just go into uh, number six, the word unearthed. Now, if we look at prefixes, un is like, uh, it's the opposite, right? If we look at earth, we're on earth, okay? So earth is full of land, it's full of dirt, okay? So if we unearth something, that means we take out something. Now the answers for unearth is displayed, dug up, located, and looked over. So if you look at the, if you think of, okay, unearth, well, earth is land, water, da-da-da-da-da, unearth, that means we're taking something out, what would it be? What would the answer be? I'll be waiting for all your answers in the comment section. And what I'm going to do is I, this is obviously going to be available on the ArsenioBuckShow.com. So you guys could go over this too. Um, but I want to quickly scan over to number 10 and I'll have you guys do number seven, eight, and nine on your own. You could be sure to comment on my blog. You are 
obviously you could comment on the blog or you could comment on my Instagram video, my YouTube video, or my Facebook video. Spotify users, Spotify listeners, I love you all. Get to So what we're going to be doing here is number 10. This is no longer on the test. I just want to emphasize this part, okay, real quick. The author's attitude toward the peel, toward the peels is generally there's no attitude, there's no tone. These questions no longer exist. Okay? Now, possibly because I'm going to be taking the new test coming up soon. But these specific questions are completely expunged. They are obliterated they are gone forever they have extinct their time has ran up this is probably back in the early 2010s all right so you do not have to worry about answering these but normally when you answer these it has to deal it's very close to the likes of act and sat because it's always like a standard you don't hear anyone sounding very you know angry oh he has an angry tone he has a jealous tone he has a confused no normally it's like okay it's factual um, it's admiring. Obviously, C would be the answer because he just states all he just states a bunch of facts. He doesn't say anything negative. It doesn't sound like he's disappointed. So this is why it's very, very important to understand a lot of vocab, people. Understand a lot of vocab. And what I'm gonna do is just glare over number nine real quickly. And it says in number nine, it says, which of the following is not one of the children of Charles Wilson Peel? So, guys, what we have to do is figure out. All the names. Look at all the names and see which one does not belong <laughs> to Charles Wilson Peel. You do not have to read over and over and over. Just look for the name. Let me give you an example. Okay. So, and at the very, very beginning, what we have here is okay. Do, 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 do. Aha. So, if we look at the last sentence of the first paragraph, it says his life size portrait of his sons, Raphael and Titian. So, which of the following is not one of the children, okay? Raphael, check. Titian, check. So now, we just have to look for B or D. Is it Mr. Rubens or, or I'm sorry, was it Mr. Rubens or was it Miss Sarah, okay? <sighs> That's how you guys do it. You guys, you, with this method, you can scan over things very, very quickly again it's all about breaking it down and locating the question. I'm sorry, locating, yeah, seeing where the question is exactly, looking at the sentence. Now, even with the vocabulary questions, look at the sentence before it. That will help you a significant amount also. So be sure to keep that in your mind. All right. So, guys, and saying that, oh my God, thank you so much for tuning into this wonderful podcast, this wonderful video. Please put your answers down below. Comment on my blog, comment on just about everything out there. I'll be waiting for your answers. We have another vocabulary question in number seven, which refers to rage. And then again, towards the bottom, which would be located probably like beginning or the end of the third paragraph it says according to the passage Rembrandt Pilled and his father both painted what what did they both paint so you have to look for the name the first mention of Rembrandt Pill, his father and what did they do as uh, as a as a, a collaboration okay and from there it'll be pretty easy so again if we look at Rembrandt Pill, here it is at the bottom it says his brother Rembrandt studied under his father and painted, here goes the answer, portraits 
not for, but of many noted people, including one of George Washington. There it is. This is how you look for those answers very quickly. So in saying that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to a wonderful, wonderful TOEFL ITP. If you are interested in any type of coaching, um, if you're interested in anything out there or you have any questions, please let me know. I will be very, very open to helping anyone out there. And again, remember to follow me and on all, what is it, on all forms of social media. We got Facebook, we got Instagram, we got Spotify, we have this, we have that. And guys, you can send me messages at any time. I just want to say thank you to everyone out there who's been reaching out to me, especially my wonderful folks on Spotify. They're finally starting to be beginning to follow me on a good old Instagram and they're asking me questions and stuff. So man, I just want to say thank you guys so much. And again, if you guys got questions, I'll repeat it one last time. Be sure to reach out to me. I'm your host, as always, stay tuned for more Over and Out.